Chapter Thirteen, Part Four of Salambo by Gustave Flaubert. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Caroline. Chapter Thirteen, Part Four. Hamilcar returned with silent steps, feeling the walls around him, and came into the great hall where the moonlight entered through one of the apertures in the dome in the centre the slave lay sleeping after his repast stretched at full length upon the marble pavement he looked at him and was moved with a sort of pity with the tip of his cothurn he pushed forward a carpet beneath his head then he raised his eyes and gazed at tanith whose slender crescent was shining in the sky and felt himself stronger than the baals and full of contempt for them the arrangements for the sacrifice were already begun part of a wall in the temple of moloch was thrown down in order to draw out the brazen guard without touching the ashes of the altar then as soon as the sun appeared the hero duels pushed it towards the square of carmon it moved backwards sliding upon cylinders its shoulders overlapped the walls no sooner did the carthaginians perceive it in the distance than they speedily took to flight for the baal could be looked upon with impunity only when exercising his wrath a smell of aromatics spread through the streets all the temples had just been opened simultaneously and from them there came forth tabernacles borne upon chariots or upon litters carried by the pontiffs great plumes swayed at the corners of them and rays were emitted from their slender pinnacles which terminated in balls of crystal gold silver or copper these were the cananitish balim offshoots of the supreme baal who were returning to their first cause to humble themselves before his might and annihilate themselves in his splendour melkarth's pavilion which was of fine purple sheltered a petroleum flare on carmons which was of hyacinth colour there rose an ivory phallus bordered with a circle of gems between eskmount's curtains which were as blue as the ether a sleeping python formed a circle with his tail and the pataic guards held in the arms of their priests looked like great infants in swaddling clothes with their heels touching the ground then came all the inferior forms of the divinity baal samin god of celestial space baal peor god of the sacred mountains baal zebub god of corruption with those of the neighbouring countries and congenerous races the iarbal of libya the adramelek of chaldea the kijun of the syrians derseto with her virgin's face crept on her fins and the corpse of tammuz was drawn along in the midst of a catafalque among torches and heads of hair 
in order to subdue the kings of the firmament to the sun and prevent their particular influences from disturbing his diversely coloured metal stars were brandished at the end of long poles and all were there from the dark neblo the genius of mercury to the hideous rahab which is the constellation of the crocodile the abadirs stones which had fallen from the moon were whirling in slings of silver thread little loaves representing the female form were borne on baskets by the priests of ceres others brought their fetishes and amulets forgotten idols appeared while the mystic symbols had been taken from the very ships as though carthage wished to concentrate herself wholly upon a single thought of death and desolation before each tabernacle a man balanced a large vase of smoking incense on his head clouds hovered here and there and the hangings pendants and embroideries of the sacred pavilions might be distinguished amid the thick vapours these advanced slowly owing to their enormous weight sometimes the axles became fast in the street then the pious took advantage of the opportunity to touch the balim with their garments which they preserved afterwards as holy things the brazen statue continued to advance towards the square of Carmon. the rich carrying sceptres with emerald balls set out from the bottom of megara the ancients with diadems on their heads had assembled in Kinisdo, and masters of the finances governors of provinces sailors and the numerous horde employed at funerals all with the insignia of their magistracies or the instruments of their calling were making their way towards the tabernacles which were descending from the acropolis between the colleges of the pontiffs out of deference to moloch they had adorned themselves with the most splendid jewels diamonds sparkled on their black garments but their rings were too large and fell from their wasted hands nor could there have been anything so mournful as this silent crowd where earrings tapped against pale faces and gold tiaras clasped brows contracted with stern despair at last the baal arrived exactly in the centre of the square his pontiffs arranged an enclosure with trellis-work to keep off the multitude and remained around him at his feet the priests of Carmon, in tawny woolen robes formed a line before their temple beneath the columns of the portico those of eskmoun in linen mantles with necklaces of kukufa's heads and pointed tiaras posted themselves on the steps of the acropolis the priests of melkarth in violet tunics took the western side the priests of the abadirs clasped with bands of phrygian stuffs placed themselves on the east while towards the south 
with the necromancers all covered with tattooings and the shriekers in patched cloaks were ranged the curates of the pataic guards and the yidonim who put the bone of a dead man into their mouths to learn the future the priests of ceres who were dressed in blue robes had prudently stopped in the street of sartheb and in low tones were chanting a thesmophorion in the megarian dialect from time to time files of men arrived completely naked their arms outstretched and all holding one another by the shoulders from the depths of their breasts they drew forth a hoarse and cavernous intonation their eyes which were fastened upon the colossus shone through the dust and they swayed their bodies simultaneously and at equal distances as though they were all affected by a single movement they were so frenzied that to restore order the hierodules compelled them with blows of the stick to lie flat upon the ground with their faces resting against the brass trellis work then it was that a man in a white robe advanced from the back of the square he penetrated the crowd slowly and people recognized a priest of tanith the high priest shahabarim hootings were raised for the tyranny of the male principle prevailed that day in all consciences and the goddess was actually so completely forgotten that the absence of her pontiffs had not been noticed but the amazement was increased when he was seen to open one of the doors of the trellis-work intended for those who intended to offer up victims it was an outrage to their god thought the priests of moloch that he had just committed and they sought with eager gestures to repel him fed on the meat of the holocausts clad in purple like kings and wearing triple-storied crowns they despised the pale eunuch weakened with his macerations and angry laughter shook their black beards which were displayed on their breasts in the sun shahabarim walked on giving no reply and traversing the whole enclosure with deliberation reached the legs of the colossus then spreading out both arms he touched it on both sides which was a solemn form of adoration for a long time rabbits had been torturing him and in despair or perhaps for lack of a god that completely satisfied his ideas he had at last decided for this one the crowd terrified by this act of apostasy uttered a lengthened murmur it was felt that the last tie which bound their souls to a merciful divinity was breaking but owing to his mutilation shahabarim could take no part in the cult of the baal the men in the red cloaks shut him out from the enclosure then when he was outside he went around all the colleges in succession and the priest henceforth without a guard disappeared into the crowd 
it scattered at his approach meanwhile a fire of aloes cedar and laurel was burning between the legs of the colossus the tips of its long wings dipped into the flame the unguents with which it had been rubbed flowed like sweat over its brazen limbs around the circular flagstone on which its feet rested the children wrapped in black veils formed a motionless circle and its extravagantly long arms reached down their palms to them as though to seize the crown that they formed and carry it to the sky the rich the ancients the women the whole multitude thronged behind the priests and on the terraces of the houses the large painted stars revolved no longer the tabernacles were set upon the ground and the fumes from the censers ascended perpendicularly spreading their bluish branches through the azure like gigantic trees many fainted others became inert and petrified in their ecstasy infinite anguish weighed upon the breasts of the beholders the last shouts died out one by one and the people of carthage stood breathless and absorbed in the longing of their terror at last the high priest of moloch passed his left hand beneath the children's veils plucked a lock of hair from their foreheads and threw it upon the flames then the men in their red cloaks chanted the sacred hymn homage to thee son king of the two zones self-generating creator father and mother father and son god and goddess goddess and god and their voices were lost in the outburst of instruments sounding simultaneously to drown the cries of the victims the eight-stringed skimineths the kinors which had ten strings and the nabals which had twelve grated whistled and thundered enormous leathern bags bristling with pipes made a shrill clashing noise the tabourines beaten with all the player's might resounded with heavy rapid blows and in spite of the fury of the clarions the salsalim snapped like grasshoppers wings the hero duels with a long hook opened the seven-storied compartments on the body of the baal they put meal into the highest two turtle doves in the second an ape into the third a ram into the fourth a sheep into the fifth and as no ox was to be had for the sixth a tawny hide taken from the sanctuary was thrown into it the seventh compartment yawned empty still before undertaking anything it was well to make trial of the arms of the god slender chainlets stretched from its fingers up to his shoulders and fell behind where men by pulling them made the two hands rise to a level with the elbows and come closer together against the belly they were moved several times in succession with little abrupt jerks 
then the instruments were still the fire roared the pontiffs of moloch walked about on the great flagstone scanning the multitude an individual sacrifice was necessary a perfectly voluntary oblation which was considered as carrying the others along with it but no one had appeared up to the present and the seven passages leading from the barriers to the colossus were completely empty then the priests to encourage the people drew bodkins from their girdles and gashed their faces the devotees who were stretched on the ground outside were brought within the enclosure a bundle of horrible irons was thrown to them and each chose his own torture they drove in spits between their breasts they split their cheeks they put crowns of thorns upon their heads then they twined their arms together and surrounded the children in another large circle which widened and contracted in turns they reached to the balustrade they threw themselves back again and then began once more attracting the crowd to them by the dizziness of their motion with its accompanying blood and shrieks by degrees people came into the end of the passages they flung into the flames pearls gold vases cups torches all their wealth the offerings became constantly more numerous and more splendid at last a man who tottered a man pale and hideous with terror thrust forward a child then a little black mass was seen between the hands of the colossus and sank into the dark opening the priests bent over the edge of the great flagstone and a new song burst forth celebrating the joys of death and of new birth into eternity the children ascended slowly and as the smoke formed lofty eddies as it escaped they seemed at a distance to disappear into a cloud no one stirred their wrists and ankles were tied and the dark drapery prevented them from seeing anything and from being recognized hamilcar in a red cloak like the priests of moloch was beside the baal standing upright in front of the great toe of its right foot when the fourteenth child was brought every one could see him make a great gesture of horror but he soon resumed his former attitude folded his arms and looked upon the ground the high pontiff stood on the other side of the statue as motionless as he his head laden with an assyrian mitre was bent and he was watching the gold plate on his breast it was covered with fatidical stones and the flame mirrored in it formed irisated lights he grew pale and dismayed hamilcar bent his brow and they were both so near the funeral pile that the hems of their cloaks brushed it as they rose from time to time the brazen arms were working more quickly they paused no longer 
every time that a child was placed in them the priests of moloch spread out their hands upon him to burden him with the crimes of the people vociferating they are not men but oxen and the multitude round about repeated oxen oxen the devout exclaimed lord eat and the priests of proserpine complying through terror with the needs of carthage muttered the eleusinian formula pour out rain bring forth the victims when scarcely at the edge of the opening disappeared like a drop of water on a red-hot plate and white smoke rose amid the great scarlet colour nevertheless the appetite of the god was not appeased he ever wished for more in order to furnish him with a larger supply the victims were piled up on his hands with a big chain above them which kept them in their place some devout persons had at the beginning wished to count them to see whether their number corresponded with the days of the solar year but others were brought and it was impossible to distinguish them in the giddy motion of the horrible arms this lasted for a long indefinite time until the evening then the partitions inside assumed a darker glow and burning flesh could be seen some even believed that they could descry hair limbs and whole bodies night fell clouds accumulated above the baal the funeral pile which was flameless now formed a pyramid of coals up to his knees completely red like a giant covered with blood he looked with his head thrown back as though he were staggering beneath the weight of his intoxication in proportion as the priests made haste the frenzy of the people increased as the number of the victims was diminishing some cried out to spare them others that still more were needful the walls with their burden of people seemed to be giving way beneath the howlings of terror and mystic voluptuousness then the faithful came into the passages dragging their children who clung to them and they beat them in order to make them let go and handed them over to the men in red the instrument players sometimes stopped through exhaustion then the cries of the mothers might be heard and the frizzling of the fat as it fell upon the coals the henbane drinkers crawled on all fours around the colossus roaring like tigers the yidonim vaticinated the devotees sang with their cloven lips the trellis work had been broken through all wished for a share in the sacrifice and fathers whose children had died previously cast their effigies their playthings their preserved bones into the fire some who had knives rushed upon the rest they slaughtered one another the hierodules took the fallen ashes at the edge of the flagstone in bronze fans 
and cast them into the air that the sacrifice might be scattered over the town and even to the region of the stars the loud noise and great light had attracted the barbarians to the foot of the walls they clung to the wreck of the helepolis to have a better view and gazed open-mouthed in horror End of chapter thirteen